You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to the Accounting Influencers Podcast with me, Rob Brown, and we are going out to 30,000 listeners all over the world in 150 countries. I am thrilled to have with me today an absolute legend in the world of accounting. I'm going to introduce Gene Carragher to you, and usually I get guests to introduce themselves, but I'm fascinated to learn that after more than 35 years of accounting marketing experience, Gene is a multiple award winner. She's been named one of the most influential people in the world in accounting and Capstone Marketing is celebrating 25 years of being in the game. From Palm Harbor, Florida, speaker, author and Roger Federer fan. Love that. This is Jean Carragher of Capstone Marketing. Welcome, Jean. Oh, Rob, thank you so much. That was a great intro. I appreciate that. Well, Roger Federer is retired. How do you feel about that? I know. Um, You know, the pandemic caused a lot of things, right? So in a way, it um, it eased his retirement just because, you know, their inability to play a lot. And he's a legend. So he, you know, we'll hopefully, you know, keep hearing more about him in the uh, in the sport. But uh, just an all around good guy. And uh, and I watched him play a couple of times in person. It was on my bucket list. So um, I have happy memories of Roger. Well, like Roger Federer, you've had some longevity in the game. For people that haven't come across Capstone Marketing, tell us what you do, Gene. So Capstone Marketing, as you said, is celebrating 25 years in business this year. So I'm very proud of that. Um, In a nutshell, I would say that I serve as an outsourced or fractional chief marketing officer for firms. Um, All the information is at capstonemarketing.com. We do uh, marketing plans, branding, uh, content marketing, uh, pricing um, programs, client satisfaction, you know, you name it. We've kind of uh, dip our toes into uh, several different areas. And what kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now? There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Um, from the marketing side of it, um, we've seen such a change in how firms are able to market and promote themselves and the opportunities that internal marketers have to play a, a strategic role within their firms. Um, I tell the story a lot. Uh, it was back in 1990, and I was moving from New York to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, for you know lifestyle change, family moves, that sort of thing. And I secured a job at a local accounting firm. And at the time, there was a publication uh, from the uh, from PDI, which is an organization that doesn't exist anymore. But at any rate, the article's headline was "The Average Tenure of CPA Firm Marketing Directors Is." nine months. And the article was left on my desk on my first day in the office. (laughs) So clearly, having moved, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, I thought to myself, what have I done? Like, this is a big mistake. Um, And I did last 11 months um, at the firm (laughs) uh, before I took a job at BDO as a regional marketing director. So I'm proud to say the industry has come a long way. Um, marketers are with their firms. I believe it's an average now of almost five years, which is fantastic. We've had plenty of marketers achieve principal and partner status. 
um, and one colleague even achieving a CEO status at his firm. Uh, and having said that, Rob, I would also say that um, the the foundation, you know, the principles of marketing are the same, but the tools we have now at our disposal uh, are much greater. You know, adding in all the digital and social media and data and technology. So we've got some basics, but lots of different ways that we could do it. It's a beautiful way of putting it. And when we scoped out this show, Gene, there are so many topics you could talk about that are relevant to accounting. But one thing that keeps coming up is how busy accountants are. And one of the reasons they're busy is they have a whole bunch of the wrong kind of clients doing the wrong kind of work for the wrong kind of margins. And a lot of conversations you have with them is about being more discerning with who they work with, which necessarily involves perhaps recalibrating some relationships and some clients and, and getting rid of them. So just tee that up for us as a topic as we talk about how accountants can refine their client portfolio and perhaps get rid of some of the wrong ones to make room for some of the right ones. Right. Um, that's so true because um, many accountants still, when prospects come up, they feel like every prospect should be a client, <laughs> which is really not the case, right? And, and, and imagine the broad spectrum that that encompasses, right? So the first step uh, in my mind would be for uh, CPAs to have the description of their ideal client. So when they analyze their client base and not only from a financial standpoint, but also from you know the joy of working with them or uh, whether uh, how challenging the work might be, uh, have that description ready. So when prospects come, they can analyze that prospect and say, gosh, are they ticking the boxes for the types of clients that we really want to take on? So, and that's not hard, right? Especially now, since so many firms have too many clients to begin with. And there is a true talent crisis in the accounting profession. So they have too many clients and not enough people doing the work. And getting rid of those clients that aren't the right fit opens up time for them to spend more time with their A or ideal clients. Uh, it relieves some stress off of everyone, you know, not just partner level, but everyone within a firm. Uh, and you can really, you can really overserve those best clients that you have. Because when you when you look at it, for one firm, uh, a particular description of a client, or whether it's you know geography or by size or industry, might not be a good client. But for another firm, that could be some of their best clients. So it's about not only thinking about arranging your own client base within your firm, it's how does that impact other firms and the industry as a whole? So I can understand the scenario, Gene, where a prospect appears on the radar of a CPA, an accountant, and they make the decision at that point that this isn't a good fit for our firm. And fair play, well done for doing that. But there will be accountant CPAs listening that have current clients where an honest conversation is going to be required where they may well let that client go. But accountants don't fire their clients, don't they? they? They won't have these conversations. Why is that? You know, it's a difficult conversation to have, right? Particularly if you've been working with that client for a long time. And in general, people don't like having those difficult conversations. They would just rather avoid it, you know, or, or have the client make that decision for them. So it's the willingness of the accountant to have the conversation with the clients. And, and you can ease into that um, because it's not something that a client should take personally. Um, there's lots of reasons that an accountant could give for firing a client or tra transitioning a client out. 
um, they could explain that it's you know a, a part of their firm's new strategy that they've decided to focus in particular industry areas. Um, the, 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 and lots of good reasons why. Um, the number one reason why a client should be fired is if they are disrespectful to your staff. So if they're not treating staff appropriately, if uh, and however whatever form that takes, um, that's an easy fire. And that's something specific that needs to be communicated from the accounting firm to the client, uh, because that's something the client really needs to know about. So it, it, it could be any one of a myriad of reasons um, that has you know nothing to do with the client doing anything wrong. But there are lesser reasons, Gina. Now I'm thinking of clients of accountants that are not particularly responsive. They they don't do what the accountant tells them. They don't act on the advice that the accountant gives them. They may even pay bills late or they're a bit tardy in returning information that the accountants need to be timely with their work. So you start to go into these gray areas of what makes a grade A client and a grade D client. Absolutely, right. So to start this process, you know, for the accountants, you know, listening out there, the first step is to do that client analysis. You know, we usually encourage, you know, A, B, C, D and, you know, naming criteria for that. So you're going to look at, you know, what's their annual revenue? What's the payment history, like you were saying, right? Do they pay on time? Um, what's the growth potential, you know, of that client? So is it going to become a, a larger, even more complicated client? You know, and I'm saying that in a good way of complicated. Um, what's the risk or the complexity of that job? Um, what's the timing of the work? What time of year is it going to happen? So all of these things, you can rate your clients and you're, you're going to come up with the A's and you probably know already who those A's are, but the D's, um, they need to go, you know, or a portion of them needs to go. Um, I think when this conversation comes up uh, among practitioners in general, they think that these consultants are saying, hey, man, just get rid of, you know, this whole set of clients without giving it any thought. And that's not it at all. Um, I'm encouraging uh, a, a total analysis of the client base. So you are making smart decisions. And when you've identified those clients that you feel are appropriate to transition out or to fire, firing them is not necessarily the first step. Uh, the first step in my mind is to determine how to get them from a D client to a C client. And the number one way that that might happen is to raise their fee. So you send them the raise the fee letter and you'd be amazed about the number of clients who will happily pay the firm more money to provide the same service. And those that don't wanna pay that added fee, well, they're, they're gone and that's the outcome that you wanted to begin with. So that's good. So number one, you know, send them the raise the fee letter and see what happens. Once you've made that initial step, and that does take some courage. It's so difficult for a risk-averse CPA or accountant because they're all about risk. And losing some revenue, whether it's bad revenue, poor margin, you've got to be willing to say goodbye, haven't you, and let go and make the space to get in more of the clients you want. That takes some courage. It does. It absolutely does. Um, but you know, we're always um, we're always learning new skills, you know, and growing as as human beings, right? You know, throughout our whole life. So there are times when we really do need to do something that makes us uncomfortable, and having that discussion is absolutely one of them. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this workshop that I've uh, facilitated a few times about firing clients, and one of the question polling questions that I ask them is, you know, what's the greatest challenge to firing clients? And the number one answer, 25%, and this is based on a few hundred uh, participants and respondents, 
The number one answer with 28% is obtaining new clients to replace lost revenue. They're afraid that they're not, that there are other clients that are not going to fill those, you know, holes, if you will, in the client base. So that tells me that they are not participating in their marketing program on a regular basis, because if you are, that pipeline should be moving on a regular basis um, so that there shouldn't be the fear that, gosh, my pipeline is empty and I don't know where I'm going to get another good client that I want to keep. You bring up such an excellent point, Jean, because it is scary when you don't have anything to replace the client that you're firing. And I like the phrase transitioning now. It sounds a lot more polite for us English people, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. If you are not interested in business development or you have a weak marketing department or you, your pipeline is weak, then that forces you to hold on to what you've got and it scares you letting them go. So you're not going to take those courageous decisions. Right. And I would think that you become less happy uh, doing what you're doing because you know that you're working on clients that you really shouldn't be working with or that don't uh, fulfill your um, career aspirations or, you know, let's, a lot of accountants become accountants because they want to help people. You know, they're, they're good with numbers. They're analytical, you know, accounting is the basis of, you know, business management and running a business. So accounts want to be really helpful. Uh, and you, and you want the client to be successful, but at the same time, the account also needs to experience their own sense of success and fulfillment in what they're doing. Uh, so like you said before, if, if you've got clients and you're giving them advice and you're um, give, uh, you know, just giving them some action items you know, to follow up on and they're not listening to you, that has to be very frustrating. When they make the decision to let clients go, there's that honest conversation, there's the raising the fee letter. What comes after that, Jean? So let me, let me say another, uh, another thing about the, the raise the fee letter. Um, do not send the raise the fee letter to a client who you really don't want to work with anymore. Okay. They they are they're fired. Uh, because raising the fee, they could still be as big of a pain as they were when they were paying less. Well, they'll be more of a pain, won't they? When, because they're less right. because they're paying more. They feel, they feel like they deserve even more now, right? You're paying them more money. I want more attention, right? Um, so don't send, the, don't send the raise the fee letter to anybody that you truly you know, want to exit your client base. Um, then I would take that analysis to the next step and you might, because this isn't something that you just need to do all at once. You could take it in stages. So for example, um, a firm could analyze their 1040 client base and how many clients do they have that they only work with once a year when they do their annual tax return. I know many, many firms that are not in that line of business anymore. Uh, they are not doing a 1040 unless it's attached to a corporate client and it's the owners and perhaps family members that they're doing the individual tax services for or um, high net worth individuals, but not regular 1040s. So you might analyze that 1040 client base and determine, okay, during this tax season, we're going to evaluate, we're going to set certain criteria, we're going to make notes on these clients and we're going to regroup after tax season and determine, you know, what's that next step we do with a portion of that 1040 business, because frankly, you could package up a whole bunch of 1040s and sell it to another firm um, who would be very happy in, in working with those clients. So that's a win-win. Uh, you might uh, implement this process by industry. So when you're doing your client analysis, you know that's going to tell you which are your most profitable industries, where are you making the most money, um, how, how deep is your expertise in that industry. And if you have some really deep niches and one that's you know maybe not as deep or as profitable, perhaps that's the next step in transitioning or selling that 
group of clients. So it's not a it's not something that's going to be done all at once, but in stages. I'm reminded of the quote by leadership guru John Maxwell, who said, "Say no to the good, so you can say yes to the great." Ah, uh, that's a good one. Talk to us about how firing clients, transitioning them out, relates to client uh, retention, Jane. So it goes hand in hand, right? Uh, so like I said before, when you are firing clients that are really high demand, um, they never feel like, they, they always feel like they're paying too much. They don't pay on time. They're always last minute. They want your attention right at the last hour, just really high maintenance. That's time that's being taken away from your best clients. Or opening up time to do more marketing to start filling that pipeline again so that fear of not having the new business to fill the holes, um, you're solving that as well. And if you have a firm that deals with a lot of, sometimes in the UK, we call them BMWs, bitches, moaners, and whiners. If you're a firm that has a few of those and you're trying to attract talent in, they don't want to be serving those clients. That's not enjoyable, meaningful work for them, is it? Without question, um, firing clients is a huge morale booster because I can tell you at every firm, every staff person has at least one client that they want to fire. That is, uh, that's across the board, a similarity in every firm on earth. But just because a, a staff or manager, whatever level it is, just because someone feels like a client should be fired doesn't mean that that's the answer. Um, I worked with a client and we set up a system for those people who had a client that they thought should be fired from the firm and they were uh, tasked to collect information about that client so the revenue that they pay each year how long they've been a client do they purchase other services from the firm so you know uh, accounting firms could have you know wealth advisory business or technology or you know we could name you know a whole bunch of different uh, services does the client purchase services from those other related entities um, you know, do they pay on time? All those criteria we were just listing before, you know, to determine, you know, who your A clients are. And when they have that information collected to make their case to a committee about why the client should be fired. And it was based on solid information. It wasn't based on, I don't like working with them, you know, or something that can't be measured. And in some cases, a client was fired based upon the information that was collected. But a lot of times there could be another solution. So it could be raising the fee. It could be change the timing of the work. It could be change out personnel on the engagement team. Perhaps there was a personality conflict or whatever it might be. Um, so it was a great learning opportunity for the managers and staff on making a real business decision on whether to fire a client based on data and not on their feelings. And presumably clients want to be let go in the right way. And part of that, Jean, is the, the CPA, the accountant, transitioning them into another firm or giving them other options and managing that relationship and having some other firms to go to. Yes, absolutely. It's always better um, in that situation when you have a firm or two or three that you could recommend to those clients. Um, in some cases, you may already have an agreement with another firm that, you know, there's going to be a group of clients that they're transitioning out and they could recommend the other service provider because the firm knows that other provider and knows that their clients are going to be taken care of. So you're just not 
tossing them out saying, hey, good luck. <laughs> good luck in finding someone, you know, best wishes. Uh, you're making that recommendation, which is great. Now, if it's a particularly troublesome client, what were you calling them, BMW clients? Um, so if it's a BMW client, um, I wouldn't refer them to another firm. I would take the route of referring whether it's a chamber of commerce or another business organization that has accountants as members and refer them to the organization to learn about other service providers because you really don't you really don't want to send like your I don't want to say they're not redeemable but you know if you know a, a client is a real problem you don't want to refer that to someone on purpose is there a good or bad time to Fire clients, Jean? The best uh, is after the, the last tax deadline of the year. Okay. Because you've been through the year, the work is done, uh, you have time to set up and, and figure out who's getting the letter, who's getting a phone call, who's having a meeting, who's doing it, right? Who's responsible for having these discussions and all uh, with the clients. But the most important point is that the work is done and you're giving the client enough time to find another firm to work with. Um, if it's a client where the work is continual, but it's just not getting better. Um, it's important then to um, determine a good ending point, whether that's at the end of a certain project or you've reached a certain milestone and it's a logical time to um, pass on the client because you don't want to leave them in the lurch. Um, you really do want to give them enough time to you know, land on their feet with another firm. And I'm going to ask you just to finish in a moment to just help those accountants that have never fired a client before, how they might get started with the process. You've given us some hints, but there's an emotional side to this as well. If you hold on to the wrong kind of clients, we hear a lot about mental health and well-being and stress. And I guess like you're in a bad marriage, it just eats away at you, doesn't it? So it's better for that reason. Talk to us a little bit about the emotions involved. Yes. And I, you know, I, I think it's so important, um, that more light is being shined on mental health issues. Uh, I think that goes on a lot more frequently than any of us have you know, any idea about. And public accounting is a very stressful industry. Uh, it's, it's deadline driven. You're dealing with complicated matters. Um, you're helping people you know, with their financial futures. You're helping businesses grow and be successful and provide employment and livelihood for however many people, you know, in that organization. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pride, of course, on the part of those business owners in being able to do that. Uh, but at the same time, they have a lot of responsibility, you know, for their people. So it's important to have those conversations. Uh, we need to we need to look at our own situations and how we want to be spending our time and that's something else that is a result of the pandemic i think a lot of people sat back and thought about what do i really want to be doing you know how do i want to spend my time you know is my work fulfilling you know what hobbies you know have i been ignoring or you know not been able to participate in you know, as much as you would like and that's all part of that conversation. So when you're firing clients and relieving some of the stress of the industry and providing your people with the most challenging, um, exciting clients that they could work with, that's going to improve the satisfaction level on the part of the clients. Your people are going to be more satisfied with what they're doing. They're going to be happier at work. Um, they'll want to take more on. 
it's all it, it's all just a big circle, isn't it? Everything just all you know keeps coming around so that you know everybody's in the right spot doing the most important things for the best clients. Yeah, you definitely sold that to me and all of the listeners, Jean. Thank <laughs> you so much. We'll put your contact details for your LinkedIn and your capstone marketing on the show notes here. So just leave us with uh, a call to arms, if you like, a warrior call to say to people out there, you can do this. And, and here's a couple of first steps you might make to do something courageous and make your day great. Okay. Wow. No pressure, Rob. No pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the survey I was uh, uh, referring to before, you know, the polling questions from the workshop, so we mentioned that the, the first reason that CPAs don't fire you know, enough clients is that they're afraid to, they don't have business to replace them. The second answer was, I don't want to hurt a client's feelings. 27% of respondents said that. And, and there are ways, of course, to do that without hurting a client's feelings. And the third was gaining partner buy-in to implement the process. So we, we knew we wouldn't be able to leave the conversation without talking about partner buy-in, right? Because, you know, accounts just generally just jump into all these new things, right? Um, so the number one step is to get started, just to do any one thing towards right-sizing your client base. That could be doing the client analysis. That It could be raising your minimum fee for a tax return. Uh, it could be identifying those clients uh, through your client analysis, the first small group, even a, a few, to start the process and become more comfortable and confident in the whole process. It's like any new skill that we learn, the more we do it, uh, the more comfortable we become doing it. And come at it from the standpoint that this is being done for the, the good or the well-being of the client and not the firm. Uh, and if you start that, <clears throat> you know, today, tomorrow, whenever you decide to do that, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, whenever you decide to do that, um, when you look back a year from now, you're going to be really glad you started something instead of facing the situation again and, and just have to get it going. So my, I guess the call to arms is do something, um, get started with whatever that first thing is. That's been brilliant. Jean Carragher, thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. Thank you, Rob. It's been wonderful chatting with you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Oh,